Dakotans. Hello, South Dakotans. Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Rook. Thank you, Arabelle, and welcome to another episode of the Dakota Rustler Show. Today's topic is Socialism Smackdown, Scandinavia versus Venezuela. Which one is the Democratic Party aiming for? They say the former, but guess again. Democratic Socialists like Bernie and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez insist that their brand of socialism is modeled not on the failed socialisms of the past, but rather on the one in one place where socialism seems to work, that being Scandinavia. So let's talk about Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez, Pelosi, and Biden's $3.5 trillion socialist blueprint for America. First, the Democrats' huge social spending bill is a vast attack on the American work ethic. Economies don't grow by paying people to stay home. They shrink. If no one is producing, products don't make it to market, shortages happen, and prices skyrocket, which is what's happening right now in America. One might think that the whole coronavirus fiasco has given Americans an eerie foreboding of radical socialism. They would be right. Empty shelves, shortages, and limits on basic commodities. Remember toilet paper last year? Economic inflation and all of this combined with sustained assault on our privacy, censorship of opposing opinions, and people being fired for refusing to be a victim of medical rape. We have endured on a temporary basis what some socialist societies typically provide on a permanent basis. Vaccine passports are nothing but a medical version of what socialists love. Complete control of your life dictating who can and who can't. That is not freedom that our 18th century domestic terrorists, better known as our forefathers, fought for. Yes, the founders of our country would be labeled as terrorists if they were alive in today's world. They escaped British rule for good reasons, and over the last two centuries we are returning to the despotisms of the past. So let's go to the chalkboard. Yet the socialist gang is still out there. Bernie's squad, call it BS, Bernie's squad, BS, because that's what it is. Tallying the virtues of socialism, and they're pulling the Democratic Party in their direction, with Biden now climbing on the free college bandwagon and embracing the socialist agenda packaged by the Green New Deal. Democratic socialists like Bernie and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez insist that their brand of socialism is modeled not on the failed systems of the past, but rather on the one place where socialism seems to work, Scandinavia. But upon examination, Scandinavian or Nordic model is not what the left is proposing here. Scandinavian countries are actually pro-capitalist in wealth creation and socialist in wealth distribution. First of all, I'm not even sure why we want to be like another country. Why can't we be like America? Sure, maybe we can adapt some minor parts of other countries. I mean, I'm all for Switzerland's neutralist. 
policy when it comes to foreign affairs. I think that's good, but why do we want to imitate the economy of someone else? In the words of Forbes columnist Jeffrey Dorfman, Scandinavian countries don't kill the goose that lays the golden egg. They don't punish the doers and fork it over to the non-doers. They punish everyone pretty much equally without all the class warfare. This is a sharp contrast with what Sanders, Warren, and other leading Democrats advocate in this country. Corporate taxes in Scandinavian countries are about 20%, no higher than in the United States. Democrats and even Republicans are economic morons because they want a higher rate. When you raise corporate taxes, as well as other mandates, you increase the cost of doing business. Those costs have to be made up somehow. Two most common ways, lay off or fire employees, and two, raise prices of their products or services. And I also want to make a note here when I give these numbers for Scandinavian countries. They do not represent any particular one country. It's a generality. And those countries would pretty much make up Sweden, Norway, Finland, Denmark, Faroe Islands, which are basically a territory of Denmark, and some would even consider Iceland as part of the Scandinavian countries. So those are generalities that I'm coming up with here for numbers. I don't have specific numbers. Denmark, they have zero social security, whereas Sweden, employees pay 7% and employers pay 31 So, again, generalities here. There is no minimum wage in Scandinavia. Companies can hire and fire workers for any reason. Not in America. They've got all sorts of protections. A minimum wage has never been needed in Scandinavia. The free market will dictate the minimum wage. Simply put, people don't work for what they consider a subpar wage. Look at all the help wanted signs out there today across America. While some of that is due to the government's will pay you to stay home policy because of COVID, people put a value to their labor. Trust me, I never would have gotten into the flooring installation business for minimum wage. Flooring brutalizes a person's body, and minimum wage isn't worth the pain and torture of crawling around on one's hands and knees for decades. With one exception, Norway, there is no wealth tax, another one of Bernie's ideas. Nordic countries also have no inheritance taxes. Remember that Democrats love to pound you on inheritance taxes. And some of the Republicans even join in. You won't see libertarians joining in. If you work hard enough, manage to save enough, and spend frugally, you can pass on to your children what is rightfully theirs when you pass away, assuming you live in Scandinavia. Smartness and thrift should be rewarded, not punished. The left would rather punish you. Libertarians don't believe that the fruits of your labor should be taxed. In addition, no Scandinavian country imposes financial transaction fees of the type that Sanders and Warren have proposed for Wall Street. So yeah, if we want to be like Scandinavia, let's eliminate the minimum wage. Let's eliminate the idea of transaction fees. Maybe Bernie has something here. Yes, Scandinavian countries do have a large welfare state that provides guarantees for college education, health care, and retirement. 
but the key point is that they impose high rates of taxation on the entire society to pay for those guarantees, not just the rich or the perceived rich. In America, you have to earn 400000 to pay the top marginal tax rate of just under 40%. Scandinavian countries impose top rates of 50 to 70%, and they kick in at around 70000 in annual income. Actually, it's done in Kroger's, so I had to transition over to American dollars. 70000 is not a lot of money if you have a family to support. In other words, everyone pays. Class warfare is eliminated when everyone pays the price. I've been arguing for years that there should only be one tax rate for everyone, and it should start at a certain income level with exemptions only for dependents. Actually, I'd rather see income tax scrapped altogether, completely, and replaced with a national sales tax on all non-necessities. In addition, Scandinavian countries impose a 25% VAT consumption tax. That's a value-added tax. Economists recognize that consumption taxes are regressive. The burden falls more heavily on the poor and middle class because the poor and middle class pay proportionately more for consumption than the rich. A VAT tax is similar to a sales tax, yet it's not. Generally speaking, a sales tax is charged on a final product and paid by the consumer after all manufacturing processes. A VAT tax is imposed on every step of the process whenever value is added to the product. Like corporate taxes, this is passed on to the consumer in the next step. It's like a stacked sales tax. Far from a policy of soak the rich, Scandinavian tax policy is undiscriminating in that it soaks the whole society. No Scandinavian country demonizes its rich and successful citizens the way that our political socialists and progressives do here. Hardly anyone in Sweden, Denmark, or Finland rages against millionaires and billionaires. The basic principle of Scandinavian socialism is we're all in this together. Scandinavia is far removed from the concept of any country that robs Peter to pay Paul can always count on Paul's support. Because when everybody's getting robbed, <laughs> you don't have to worry about who's getting the support. Yet that principle is precisely what drives the socialist left in this country. The appeal of socialism, especially to young people, is the lure of free stuff. When Democrats pitch free college, it's not because college is actually free, but because they intend to force someone else to pay for it. Scandinavia, by contrast, Citizens never speak of free college or free health care because they know who is paying for it. They are. The Americans' left socialist model is in fact more akin to Venezuela than Scandinavia. And with that, we're going to get into Venezuela after the break. If you enjoy grilling and cooking, Camp Bridger seasonings are for you. All four blends are salt-free and designed to enhance the flavor of food, not bury it. The popular four-pack can be purchased and shipped anywhere in the continental U.S. for around 33 bucks, depending on your state's sales tax rate. Visit our sponsor's website at campridger.com or campridger.net for more information. Anything Dakota Rustler related can be found at dakotarustler.org. 
There, you will find links to audio and video versions of the latest episodes. You can also support the show through purchase of merchandise, donations, or sponsorship. Sponsors will be recognized on air and or the website. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the show. And for those on audio only, I'm now posting some pictures on the video version. Here we have a line of Venezuelans waiting for food and other handouts because the Venezuelan economy is so bad. And it's a rather long line. Here's a picture of a grocery store or department store of some type. A lot of empty shelves. Hardly anybody's in there. You know, just big empty shelves here because there's food shortages in Venezuela. Here we have a bunch of students protesting. One of them with a sign that says Estudiar con hambre no resulta. Basically translates into students that are hungry give you no results. They need food to eat because there's food shortages. And finally there's a picture of Venezuelans on the road with their luggage, their backpacks, leaving the country and doing what they need to get the heck out of there. All right, so let's get back to the podcast here. Uh, On the other hand, Venezuelan socialism is based on demonizing the rich. Hugo Chavez openly boasted about confiscating the resources of successful entrepreneurs. Indeed, he was filmed taking their stores and businesses on his national television show. Nothing kills the motive, obviously, than to have the government come in and nationalize your business. No one works for free except by force, and we call that slavery and There's something called an amendment in this country that bans such actions. As a result, many business owners fled the country, creating many other shortages of basic goods that now plague the country. What Chavez achieved through appropriation, the democratic left here would replicate through confiscatory taxation. And like here in America, Venezuelan socialists are also identity socialists and identity politicians. Socialist activists in Venezuela pull down Columbus statues and blame inequality on a white man. Gee, how many statues have we been tearing down, you know, lately? I mean, statues are harmless. They're inanimate objects. And by forgetting, by taking down history, we forget history. All the while, Venezuelan socialists are getting rich off of socialism. The images we see on television of starving Venezuelans convey only half the truth. The reality is that Chavistas, Venezuelans who are loyal to the socialist regime, are living high on a hog. In other words, be your bitch and you'll be rich. If you oppose, you'll be disposed. The current ruler Maduro goes on European soirees with his socialist top guard, and Hugo Chavez's daughter is supposedly the richest woman in Venezuela with a net worth exceeding $1 billion. Bottom line, the left keeps telling us it wants to take us to Stockholm, but its policies point in the direction of Caracas, the capital of Venezuela. Venezuela was once a prosperous country, but its divisive brand of socialism destroyed it. Throughout the 2000s, Chavez increasingly tightened his grip on authority. Think COVID mandates here in America. He introduced a new constitution. Democrats say ours needs to be played with. It's outdated. 
He began to strictly regulate the media. Think of all the pressures used by Facebook, Google, and others to silence opposition. He threatened and punished his political opponents. Think of how the IRS has been used to punish certain political groups that opposed the presidents. The government began printing more money, which drives down its value. Look how much they printed here and the inflation we have. Regularly increasing the minimum wage, which Democrats want to do, and implementing price controls on certain products. Does that sound like us at all? Sure does. In 2017, 82% of Venezuelan population lived in poverty. That's what we're headed for here, listeners. Wake up. Pay attention. We can't allow it, although I would argue it's already been happening for a long time. About 5.4 million Venezuelan refugees, asylum seekers, and migrants from Venezuela have left the country seeking food, work, and a better life. Why? Latin America's largest migration in recent years is driven by hyperinflation, violence, and food medicine shortages stemming from recent years of political turmoil. One out of every three Venezuelans is food insecure and in need of urgent food supplies, according to the World Food Program. Once eradicated diseases like cholera and malaria have returned, and children are increasingly dying of causes related to hunger and malnutrition. The government has even resorted to rationing electricity and water, given varied reasoning, given varied reasons, but not taking any responsibility for the issue. Uh, let's think of California. During the summertime, they ration their electricity with rolling brownouts. You know, this is already happening in America. This has caused outages throughout their country, some lasting between an hour or as long as 13 days. I mean, it's happening in California, people. You know, California is becoming Venezuela. Inflation is so bad, Venezuela recently hacked off a bunch of zeros from its currency. The monthly inflation rate has remained above 2,000%, while the International Monetary Fund projects the annual inflation rate in 2021 to more than double. After inflation is taken into account, their minimum wage is equivalent to $1.14 a month. Yes, per month. Could you live on $1.14 a month? The COVID-19 pandemic has compounded the country's humanitarian economic crisis. Borders with neighboring countries have shut down, schools closed, hospitals have struggled with staff shortages and supplies. Just like here in America, we're firing, we already have a shortage of nurses and doctors, and now we're firing them because of COVID mandates that they don't want to follow. Venezuelan migrants who returned to the country after losing their jobs abroad in the wake of the pandemic have been unable to earn wages back home. Shortages of fuel, electricity, and clean water have sparked riots and left many migrants with no choice but to flee again. And now we're seeing shortages of fuel over in Great Britain. Not so much that they have a shortage of fuel, they just don't have people willing to work to get it out there. Listeners, is what, this is what socialism will bring you. Pain, agony, destitution. Many will argue that our country is at a crossroads. Personally, I think we've already crossed it and did it a while ago. The left has won seven of the last eight popular vote counts for president. 
you know, we're going more socialist and we're not heading towards Sweden and Scandinavia. We're heading towards Venezuela. I think it's already too late to turn back. However, I'm not giving up. It's why I do this podcast. I want to be wrong. I don't want it to be too late. I want society to prove me wrong. Unfortunately, Republicans, while ever so slightly a better choice, they're still not a good choice. It's time to end the era of the lesser of two evils. It's time to give libertarians the reins and see what they can do. And we need the reins before the stagecoach falls off the cliff and the horses, as well as the passengers, die. Make it happen, people. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of another episode. I'm tweaking the usual mantra to challenge authority and always be free. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root. All rights reserved by DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings. Products available at CampBridger.net.